Rockstar Energy Punch, bringing a bold and unapologetic flavor packed with energy through a blend of B vitamins, guarana extract, and 240 milligrams of caffeine to fuel what's next. Rockstar Energy Drink. And welcome to another edition of Across the County. I'm Noah. Thank you so much for joining me. Well, it's great to have back on the show one of my favorite people in the world, and that is Cecile Ahrens. And we've talked on past radio broadcasts about her podcast, Get Mental. She used to have a radio show also here at KPRZ and Salem Media. And I hope one day she comes back because I think it's a tremendous asset. And she's a bilingual psychotherapist, a social worker, over 20 years of direct experience. That tells you something right there. CEO and clinical director at Transcend Therapy. She also hosts a regular podcast, as I just mentioned, Get Mental, which you can find out all about at CecileAarons.com. That's A-H-R-E-N-S, CecileAarons.com. Cecile, welcome back to the show. Wow, what an intro. Thank you so much. You're welcome. And I'm going to introduce actually a special co-host, and then we have a tremendous topic today. And my co-host is somebody that's got a keen mind, a very inquisitive personality, and I thought he would add a lot to the discussion today. I am talking about, of course, the one, the only, William Sylvanius. He's an author, a speaker, a change agent, as I've called him in the past, and also on his website, it says change architect. And I like that even more because it is about building a better, whether it's San Diego, as we talk about San Diego issues, or a better country, if we're talking about America. And today, the topic is mental wellness, making sure that we are all the best mentally that we can possibly be and so he's at williamsylvanius.com, The 5% Project, something you're going to find out more about in the weeks to come, The5percentproject.com. All that said, William, thanks for being my special co-host of the day, my friend. I'm always glad to be on with you. It's been really nice to get to know you and get to speak with your folks. Well, we're going to find out both more about Cecile Ahrens today. She goes way back with me, and I think you're absolutely going to love her. We're talking about her nonprofit, which has been around a while, but because, of course, of the whole pandemic situation, it didn't really get the legs that it should have gotten properly. So we're trying to get as much attention to it as possible. Papillon Wellness, and it's at Papillon, P-A-P-I-L-L-O-N, wellness.org. <laughs> Now, Cecile, it's Innovative Community Mental Health Therapy. People can get that straight from the website. What is that and Papillon all about? Well, Papillon, the word itself, is French for butterfly. And I wanted it to be something symbolic and meaningful, and I thought the butterfly would really best represent what we're trying to do here. So Papillon is a nonprofit providing outpatient mental health care to those who are uninsured, underinsured, or just flat out don't have any money or resources and can't afford mental health care. We will never say no. But what's different about it and why the butterfly is symbolic to us is we're really trying to transform and um, revolutionize in a way the way we think about nonprofits and the way we think about mental health care. So, you know, we are providing services that are similar to what's already out there, but our philosophy is very different. And the way we, um, what we call conceptualize a case 
is very different from the traditional healthcare model. So feel free to ask Cecile, any specific questions around that. Cecile, I've been uh, looking at your website, and a lot of it fascinates me. Uh, oh, would you, you review for us again when you were founded? And I'm a person who's always dealing with change, so I'm particularly interested. What things have you done? Or how have you maybe changed over time? What things have I done and how have, um, I'm sorry, I didn't hear the last part. How, is it, how have you changed or your services changed over time? Absolutely, but not fundamentally. Not Our mission hasn't changed. Our vision hasn't changed. But we had to learn how to pivot and um, be creative given the world circumstances, the global pandemic that was going on, that we had to be able to provide services virtually, not just physically. Um, and the fact that we needed, you know, to really lean on the community to help us and not necessarily rely on grants and um, traditional sources of funding. Because what I'm realizing, Noah, is it's a lot harder to get a nonprofit off the ground than a private practice. Um, there's a lot more regulations. There's a lot more kind of red tape, so to speak. There's just it's just so much more complicated. Um, and had I known that, I may not have had you know the 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 strength to keep going. So in a way, I'm glad that I didn't know that um, because I, I believe in the cause wholeheartedly. Um, but you know, it hasn't been easy. It's, it's a, it takes a lot of dedication. I'm so grateful to our volunteers. I'm so grateful to the students of National University who had contracted with us. Um, and that's how we're able to see and serve clients right now is through that, um, that inter, internship program. And I want to encourage you, Seal, because I have both started and worked for a Nonprofits almost all of my life, and uh, mm -hmm. you're right. A lot of people do not realize that there's quite a bit of difference between a, a private organization and a nonprofit, and it has its own structure, its own strengths, and their own weaknesses, and they need yeah. community support more than ever. Even though we might view them as a similar service, they are in need of us to keep them going. Absolutely, absolutely. So I'm learning a lot as well, because I'm so used to the private practice model. Um, and I did work for nonprofits. You know, that was my career before I uh, started the private practice, but I wasn't in an executive position then. And so, you know, looking at it from this vantage point, there's really a lot of, uh, there was a huge learning curve for me. Um, but again, like I said, I don't regret anything or any time I've put into the, the cause. You said one thing that didn't change was the mission statement and the vision. That's remained constant since you started and up until now as we're starting to get things going with Pappy on Wellness. Yes. Does it bring together mental health care and community or is it a much deeper vision and a much deeper mission than that? It's so much bigger than that um, because, yes, ultimately, you know, nonprofits involved in mental health care, we all want to essentially help people and, you know, provide like the best and most appropriate services. 
But what's different with Papillon is we're really trying to get out of the medical model, so to speak, where people have to be given a diagnosis in order to receive help. Because a lot of the funding sources, you know, such as Medi-Cal and the, you know, federal funds, state funds, require that piece. And so with Papillon, our vision is, well, why? Like, why do we need to wait until somebody meets the level, you know, of, of a diagnosis? Why can't we intervene a lot earlier in the process and just help people where they're at, whether they have major depression or they're just having a bad day? And let's face it, I know William's got a question coming up here in just a second. A lot of us, okay, I would say all of us, always are in flux. Sometimes things are going great. You might not have what is considered a mental condition, but we all have bad days. We all have issues. That's our hashtag, right, with uh, Get Mental. And so Papillon is really an extension of that belief that we shouldn't wait till people are in crises. You know, we, we need to reconceptualize the way we think about problems, the way we think about emotional and mental wellness, and not wait for things to get worse before services are offered to a person. So with the nonprofit model right now, that is pretty much what happens is there's a pathology. Oh, that's, I'm not even sure if that's a, a, a true word, but we pathologize people, right? We need to give them um, a diagnosis first before we can justify the services and the treatment. So with Papillon, we're really trying to do away with that model and just welcome anybody who is just experiencing mild symptoms, life stress, and help them at that juncture so that it doesn't get worse, so that it doesn't snowball into other things. Yeah, and you're, you're talking my language again. Um, <laughs> labels sometimes hold us back so much, and I think when you're referring to pathologizing, which is, by the way, a word. Uh, oh, I had a different word in mind. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> that's what, uh, what happens. And I think that's one of the reasons that people don't seek mental health earlier or yeah. they don't see ways to intervene early. So I'm really glad about your model. So, But tell me a little more about your dream project. I especially like the word that you have there. Um, oh, dear, I've lost it already. The, the D, the letter for the D. <laughs> tell us about Disrupt as part of your dream. Yes, yes. So that's that's uh, step one of disruption is we're not, we don't want to follow the typical model, right, of, of disease model and treatment model. You're going to be welcomed and served whether you meet a diagnosis or not. The second point of disruption is we're going to serve people who are middle income, possibly have private insurance, but really can't afford mental health care because what's happening is a lot of times they fall between the cracks because on paper it looks like they have a job, they make good money, and they're insured. So why should they qualify for a nonprofit service? Well, you know, I think we all could agree that that's not always, in fact, more often than not, an accurate depiction of how, how well or how badly that family is really doing, economically speaking. So we're not going to um, decline services to people just because they have a job and they're privately insured. We're going to figure out, like, why they can't afford therapy. 
You know, maybe they have a, a child with a disability and that's taking up a lot of their resources. You know, maybe they're in the middle of bankruptcy. So there's a flexibility around it. And that is part of the, the vision here is to really think bigger and be flexible about this whole thing. So that's disruption number two. And then the third one that I'm really excited about is similar to the medical model, you know, where you have a primary care doctor who follows you around and does annual checkups and so forth. I thought, well, why not have that for mental health? You know, we're calling it the primary mental health provider, where once you come in, maybe you see us for a week, maybe you see us for a year, but every year that therapist who's assigned to you will do a follow-up and do a thorough assessment and make sure that things are going okay. So we're trying to also be preventive because a lot of times when people stop seeking services, whether it's privately or non through the nonprofit, we just kind of like let them be, right? Like, okay, they'll come back when they need help. Well, that's not really true. <laughs> well, what's funny, Cecile, so, I'm glad you actually brought that up. is that mental health should be looked at. And I've said this for quite some time, and it seems like it's Mm -hmm. starting to head that way, and I really hope it picks up steam, should just be as important as somebody's physical health. So for physical health, you go to the doctor, you get your checkups, you go to the gym, you exercise your body so it stays in peak condition. The same should be said about our emotional and mental well-being. And that's why it's a good recommendation, whether it's going to Papillon or somewhere else. Right now we're talking about Papillon, and hope maybe this fits yeah. you. Go to papillonwellness.org, is you should be taking care of your mental health 365. Right. And to piggyback on that, we, the professionals, should be part of that. Meaning, just like how we get follow-up calls, right, from Sharp or your doctor about like, hey, you're due for an annual exam, you're due for a colonoscopy, you're due for a mammogram. Why can't we do the same thing and really help the client, you know, partner with them in being preventive or in just being and supporting them if they have a chronic mental health condition? No, I agree. And that's why talking about this tremendous nonprofit, this 501c3, Papillon Wellness Papillon Wellness Inc. Go to papillonwellness.org, P A P I L L O N, wellness.org. Love talking about this with you, Cecile, because nonprofits are a huge part of my heart. I like seeing them succeed. They do so much for the different communities, not just around San Diego, but across the nation. And this is probably one of the most important things is making sure, especially in this kind of post-pandemic world, that we're mentally all doing okay. And so I'm actually very curious as to the infrastructure that goes into building something like Papillon Wellness you know, and you also have to make sure it's maintained so that it holds strong, it builds upon itself, and you can help more people. So tell us, mm-hmm. besides yourself, there's others, there's other parts of the team, obviously, and maybe Absolutely. another couple of key resources that keep the core of this nonprofit, Papillon Wellness, going strong. Thank you so much for asking, you know, because we wouldn't be here and we haven't, you know, traveled very far. But we wouldn't even be here if it wasn't for the time, energy, and dedication of our board members. So um, we have amazing board members. Uh, Anita, Anita Fisher, she was a guest. She was on the radio at, at this station because I brought her in as a guest uh, for Get Mental. Um, she used to be the director of training and education for NAMI. 
and now she has her own consulting firm. And NAMI, by the way, is the National Alliance um, on Mental Illness. They're a national nonprofit. They do tremendous work. So she knows the ins and outs of nonprofit. We have Dr. Anna Keeney, who's an associate professor at SDSU uh, for social work. We have Mr. Marla Fulmore, who's um, pretty much co-developed a lot of the um, the creative side and the marketing side of this because he's a communications major and he's worked with nonprofits before. And a lot, I, I think what also makes us different, just going back to the disruption, is that we are using social media. We are making this whole thing like trendy and sexy and light, even though we know we're not minimizing, right, the, the, the mental health issues, but we're making it more relatable and we're making it more mainstream by using the power of social media to kind of normalize nonprofit mental health care. So Marlo is, is kind of the, the head of all of that. Um, and then we had another board member, Sarah Fulmore, um, who's also a marketing major, but she does a lot of other uh, work in the restaurant and um, uh, hotel industry. But she was a critical part of the early development of Papillon um, because she's also very passionate about mental health care. So she was the one, she and I and Marlo were the ones who like started these ideas. And then we thought, okay, we can move forward with this. Let's get Let's see if other people would be willing, you know, to build this with us. Um, and so without that core group, we wouldn't even be where we are today. So Cecile, if I'm hearing so, right, mm -hmm. uh, there's, there's a couple needs that you have, oh, lots of needs, but yes. you have this great board, uh, functional, well-involved, believe in your message and your mission. But do you need other volunteers as well so that you can grow, so that you can uh, take care of these people with this reaching right. out? It's not enough. Beyond. Yes, we need volunteers to help us with marketing, outreach. We need volunteers like um, licensed therapists or uh, associate-level therapists who can provide services. Of course, we provide the clinical supervision if you're not licensed. Um, we need just volunteers to help us fundraise with grant writing because right now we are wearing all those hats and so it, it becomes really challenging because some of this stuff is not our is out of our wheelhouse and we're having to learn new skills you know and wear different hats um, and that's not necessarily a problem but the problem is are we effective in doing it and that's where we need other people with those kinds of expertise to help us and I have another That's comment so here in just a moment, but what's the best place or the best way, Cecile, if people want to donate or volunteer to Papillon Wellness, where do they go? How do they reach you? Yes. So the best way to reach us is through the general uh, mailbox, which goes, you know, I read all of them, which is fly, F-L-Y, as in fly like a bird, fly at papillonwellnessinc.com fly at papillonwellnessinc.com. And it's all on the website, too. You can email us through the website. Now, if you want to give us a call, here's another point of disruption. This is really a big deal to me, is to have an 800 number instead of an 858-619. I want it to be more easily, you know, I want it to be memorable because when you're in crises, it's hard to remember phone numbers. 
So the number that they can call is one eight six six seven therapy. I was trying to go for one eight hundred therapy, but I couldn't find it. You know, so it, it's great one- that you do that because that's such an uh, an interesting point. Because I know when I'm going through emotional things in my life, the last thing I'm going to do is probably remember a website, remember a phone number that's super complicated. The easier, the or better. So if somebody hears right? this, they can off the top of their head, maybe rattle it off and in crisis, give you a call. Yes. one eight six six seven therapy So that's the number to call us, whether you want to volunteer or whether you're somebody who's needing support and wants to receive services. Well, I know as we're rounding out the discussion here, Cecile, I know William has an additional question here in just a minute, so we will get to that. But I want to also point out that Papillon Wellness, what I like about it, especially in today's day and age where privacy is starting to go out the window and it's a little scary for a lot of people, you guys make sure that it is safe, it is secure, most importantly, Mm -hmm. it's HIPAA compliant always. It has to be. And that is something that is key in building people's confidence at coming to you and looking for help. Absolutely. It's all HIPAA compliant. We have to follow the same rules as any other mental health practitioner, especially as a nonprofit. There's extra layers of rules and regulations. There's extra protection in a way for um, the clients and the staff. And, you know, we really try to follow all, not just the legal requirements, but the ethical requirements. That's really a big deal for us. And for me personally, as, as a mental health practici- practitioner, we, we have, we cannot lose that, um, the integrity, you know, um, of, of, of our reputation and what we're trying to do. We have to put clients' needs first, always. And that's what you guys are there for. William, I know you want to uh, chime back in one more time before we end the segment here. What have you had to ask her? Well, my question ties into that. I know anytime we speak about mental health or wellness on the radio or any other place, there will be people who turn in, uh, tune in, excuse me, because they need that help or they know someone that needs that help. So I worked in a lot of things and things that popped to mind is how about people just released from the, into the community from corrections? Or homeless people. Those are two big populations I've worked with. Oh, absolutely. Absolutely no question. You know, um, we we would be happy and honored to serve them. So we don't really, there's really nobody we wouldn't help, put it that way, unless they don't, um, they need a higher level of care. And what that means is sometimes you have just, you just have too much going on. Your symptoms are a lot more chronic that you actually need to be, you know, in a residential setting or you need to be in what we call uh, an IOP, an intensive outpatient program, where you're just needing more services more than once a week. But unless, unless you're at that level, we can't really foresee saying no to somebody who needs help or wants support. I am so glad to hear that. that. William, final thoughts before we wrap up. Uh, no, I think this is, a, this is an awesome program. I like your disruptive model. I didn't realize how much I'm a disruptor until lately in my own life. But, yes, <laughs> we need that out front, and especially that out front piece has always been important in my work in uh, human services, the various issues I've been. Keep it up. 
You are doing mm-hmm. us and your client a huge favor in helping them get well. Thank you so much. And thank you, Noah, for um, the opportunity to talk about Papillon. Well, you're welcome. And I find it very, my final comment, I find it very important to get the message out about Papillon Wellness right there, to get the leg so rightfully deserves so that you can serve so many different people across the community from middle income families that are just having a tough go to the lower income families that absolutely can't afford it to the homeless community that has nowhere to turn. If we right. support you, you can support the community in a very broad sense. And that's what this is all about. It's a great nonprofit, Papillon Wellness. Go to papillonwellness.org, P-A-P-I-L-L-O-N, wellness.org. Check it out. It's a tremendous organization. They will not turn you away. And it really is all about innovative community mental health therapy. Go to their website, Cecile. Any closing comments before we leave today's show? I guess I just want the listeners to be reminded that, you know, there is no shame in getting mental health support. If you've been thinking about it and you're worried about stigma or you're worried you're having some anxiety maybe about, you know, being judged, that is definitely not going to be your experience. And you deserve freedom. You deserve support. You deserve help just like we all do. And so please try not to wait when things are a lot worse. This is all, I couldn't have said that better. It is all about breaking the stigmas. That's why I always focus on mental health here on the show. That's probably the number one reason to do so. Because it's not about, Mm -hmm. hey, I'm a macho man and I can take care of it myself and, you know, my family needs me, so I got to brush it to the back. No, no matter who you are, no matter what your race, sex, gender is, it doesn't matter. You need to take care of your mental health just right. like you take care of your physical health. It's important, right. and we can all do it together. Papionwellness.org. William, thanks for being the special co-host of the show today. I appreciate it. Great perspective. Appreciate it very much myself. and uh, Look forward to maybe another opportunity. Definitely, my friend and Cecile. More opportunities here on the show for Papillon Wellness, Get Mental, and so many other different topics. I appreciate you. Thank you so much. Until next time. Noah here and across the county, go to papillonwellness.org, P-A-P-I-L-L-O-N, wellness.org. When I grow up, I want to work for a woke company, like super woke. When I grow up, when I grow up, I want to be hired based on what I look like rather than my skills. I want to be judged by my political beliefs. I want to get promoted based on my chromosomes. When I grow up, I want to be offended by my coworkers and walk around the office on eggshells and have my words policed by HR. Words like grandfather, peanut gallery, long time no see, no can do. When I grow up, I want to be obsessed with emotional safety and do workplace sensitivity training all day long. When I grow up, I want to climb the corporate ladder. Just by following the crowd. I want to be a conformist. I want to weaponize my pronouns. What are pronouns? It's time to grow up and get back to work. Introducing the number one woke-free job board in America, redballoon.work.